Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Our journey around Jerusalem has brought us to the Southern Temple Steps, a strategic area and one where it's very easy to remember the ministry of Jesus. So let's hear what Colin Urquhart has to say about this. So I want you to imagine as we're here on the steps, the southern steps of the temple in Jerusalem, that the disciples have just received the Holy Spirit. Jesus at the Last Supper spoke clearly of the person of the Holy Spirit. He didn't talk about gifts of the Spirit. He didn't talk about the power of the Spirit or the fruit of the Spirit. But he spoke essentially of who the Spirit is. And he gave the promise that when he returned to heaven to the Father, that he would ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. So this word, other, there's, there's two words in Greek for other. One is heteros, meaning another of a different kind, and the other alos, meaning one of an identical kind. And the Greek word here is alos. So Jesus was the wonderful counselor. And the promise that he was giving at the Last Supper is that God will send another counselor of exactly the same kind. Now this is an exceedingly important word because it demonstrates that here is the doctrine of the Trinity. We know that God the Father, Jesus is God the Son, and now he is saying the Holy Spirit will be of exactly the same kind as myself, the third person of the Godhead. He describes him as the Spirit of Truth, and he says that the Spirit of Truth will guide them into all the truth. He will take the things of Jesus and declare them to them. He will remind the disciples of everything that Jesus has said. So we, we have seen that Jesus never acted independently of the Father. And he's saying the Holy Spirit will never act independently of me. In fact, he even says of the Holy Spirit, he will speak only what he hears. So you as believers have the Holy Spirit living in you. When the Holy Spirit, who is really the voice of God to you, when the voice of God speaks to you, the Father is speaking, Jesus is speaking, heaven is speaking, because the Holy Spirit never speaks by himself on his own initiative. Jesus also said that the Holy Spirit would tell them what was to come. That doesn't mean we're to use the Holy Spirit like a fortune teller. But when he chooses to, God will reveal certain things that lie ahead. He will be, if you like, the spirit of prophecy. So Jesus is focusing on the fact that he's the comforter, the strengthener. Uh, comfort, that, that's what it really means. 
the one who strengthens, the advocate, the one who comes alongside you to speak on your behalf. He is the, the counselor, exactly like the wonderful counselor Jesus. He is the spirit of truth to guide us into all the truth. And he tells them that when he returns to the Father, this gift of the Spirit is going to be poured upon them. Now we know that after the crucifixion and resurrection, Jesus appeared to the disciples on a number of occasions. And he said to them, You will be baptized in the Holy Spirit not many days hence. In other words, it's all about to happen, guys. That which was prophesied right at the very beginning of his ministry when John said, I baptize with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So Jesus is saying to them, in a few days' time, this is going to happen to you. It couldn't happen, John explains, until Jesus had returned to heaven and been glorified. The Spirit would not be given until that time. Why? Well, while he was on earth, Jesus actually needed his, his own Spirit. But when he returns to heaven, it is the Spirit of the risen, glorified Christ that is poured out upon those first disciples and poured out upon all of us now. The same Spirit that led him through the cross, through resurrection, through the ascension into the glory is the Holy Spirit that lives in you. And if he could lead Jesus through that lot, he could lead any one of us through whatever we have to face. And he said to them when he gave them this promise that they would be baptized, that means immersed in the Spirit or completely infused with the Spirit. That's what baptism means. It doesn't mean just submersion. It can mean to be completely infused with, completely filled with. You know, if you submerge a sponge underwater, it can't contain any more water. You, you lift it out and it's infused. It just drips the water. Well, this is what Jesus was really saying to the disciples. You're going to be completely infused. You're going to be dripping with the Holy Spirit. And he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, you see, he'd been telling them, this is the Spirit, the Counselor, the Advocate, the Spirit of Truth, how he will guide them and lead them and speak to them. But now he's adding to that the revelation, you're going to have power. Meaning, of course, you're going to have the same power that I have. Because Jesus had already spoken to them at the Last Supper and said, you will do the same things as I have done, and greater things still will you do. Now, how could that be true of any believer? Jesus said that's true of any believer. So, I have done greater things than Jesus did in his humanity. So can you. How is that possible? Well, what did Jesus say? Anyone who believes in me will do the same things as I have done, and greater things still will he do, because I go to the Father. Now, what did he do when he went to the Father? He prayed to the Father to pour out the Holy Spirit. So it then became possible to do a greater miracle than Jesus could do during his humanity. Jesus did not pray with people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Why? The Spirit was not yet given because he was not yet glorified. 
And the most amazing thing that can ever happen to a human being is to be filled with the Holy Spirit, for God to come and indwell and fill and completely infuse the life of that person. So I've prayed with many, many people, and they've been baptized, they've been infused with the Holy Spirit. That's a greater thing than Jesus was able to do because the Spirit was not yet given. So you see, you can look at that scripture and say, well, I'd be happy just to do the same things as Jesus, let alone the greater things. But the promise is you would do, any believer will do greater things. So because you have the Spirit, you can impart the Spirit to others. Amen. That's wonderful, isn't it? So, let's project ourselves then forward now to the day of Pentecost. Jesus has now re returned to heaven. What have the disciples been doing? They've been meeting together here in the temple, in the upper room, every day to pray. Now, why didn't the Holy Spirit come as soon as Jesus returned to heaven. Why ten days delay? They came to pray together the first day after the ascension, no Holy Spirit. The next day, no Holy Spirit. The next day, no Holy Spirit. What's happened to the promise? That when I return to heaven, the Holy Spirit will be poured out. Well, the scripture tells us that by the time the Spirit was poured out, they were of one heart and one mind. I believe personally that during those ten days, God sorted them out. He sorted out not only whatever relationship with them needed to be put right, but relationships with one another. The kind of jealousy that existed between Peter and John, there's no sign of that after Pentecost. So I think the Lord was really bringing them to the place of unity. Father, may they be one, so the world will know that you have sent me. Unity of heart and mind. So then the Spirit of God was poured out. Now, that would have happened somewhere up in the old city. What does the Scripture tell us? That when the Spirit was poured out upon them, the room could not contain them. They could not just stay in that room. They were so full of praise for God, they spilled out into the street. So Peter stands up and preaches to them. It's not an astonishing sermon, really. It simply restates the prophecy of Joel as, as to what God was going to do and makes it very clear that the Messiah has been rejected and crucified, but he has been raised. Now, what is happening? Peter's never preached like this before because he's never preached under such an anointing of the Holy Spirit. And when you preach under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit begins to affect the people that are listening. So the conviction begins to come and they begin to cry out, what then must we do? And Peter replies, repent and be baptized and you also will receive the Holy Spirit. You've been listening to Faith for Today presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 